We're joined now by the one, the only, the lovely, the dashing, the debonair, one of my best friends uh, in terms of people I work with. Not in terms of real life. He didn't crack um, that surface area. It is the one and only from Niners Nation and the SB Nation NFL show and from deep inside my heart. Rob Stats, Guerrera Stats, welcome to my side of the turf. Yeah, enemy territory for me here. I don't know if I like this. Um, so, okay, I'm be very honest with everybody um, as, as we get kind of into all this. Stats is, again, somebody I work with here at SB Nation. He covers the San Francisco 49ers. And Stats and I, we've been doing a podcast together since 2020 on the SB Nation NFL show. Yep. So every week since 2020, Stats and I have looked ahead on the look ahead. This past season or this current season, Brandon Lee Gowden, uh, who everybody knows here from the NFC's mixtape, uh, joined us. So it's been me, Stats, BLG this season. But Stats and I, we don't really talk a lot about Cowboys Niners and like the discourse. We had the fun last year. So this is it's kind of awkward. Um, and because we do so many podcasts and shows and things together, we're going to do that a lot this week. Uh, so for anybody who's listening or watching this, uh, you can listen on the Blog of the Voice podcast network or watch on the Blog of the Voice YouTube channel. Stats is actually going to use this conversation as well over on the Niners Nation podcast network later on this weekend. Uh, if you want to go listen to it again, I don't know why you would do that. But do support them. So, uh, leave a rating and, and write a review on the Gee, Niners thanks. Nation podcast network. Um, so this is one of three conversations that Stats and I are going to have about Cowboys Niners this week. This is on the Ocho podcast um, here uh, right now. Uh, Stats and I will also talk to one another on a second edition of the NFC East mixtape here at Block on the Boys. Brandon Gowden will be a part of that, obviously. And we will talk, as we always do, on the look ahead. That conversation will be on the SB Nation NFL show feed, YouTube channel, whatever the case may be. Um, so we're going to try to mix it up and not have the same conversation three times that I cover everything that we talked about on Slack stats. Yes, I think you've got all the conversations and where people can find them. Okay, so I will be frank and say that stats did not um, make my life a living hell last year after the 49ers beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. And I was not kind in return when my Houston Astros beat his Seattle Mariners in the playoffs this past year. So stats, how do we keep finding ourselves here? Our, our favorite teams meeting one another in the postseason. I am so glad you brought that up because I, as soon as you said that I didn't give you hell last year, I was going to bring up you with the Astros. I don't do that to people generally. I am not, unless you come at me hard beforehand, then I'll come back at you. But normally I do not rub losses in people's faces. It hurts, man. When your team loses, especially the way my friggin' Mariners lost this past year, it hurts in the bottom of your soul. You don't need somebody rubbing it in. So I'm generally nice when it comes to that. You have to admit that. I, I will. I just admitted it. <laughs> so, I mean, Stats and I, like I said, we've done podcasts every week, at least once a week since uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys in the wildcard round last year. And Stats never gloated. He never took a, a, a pompous victory lap. I mean, we had a, occasional fun back and forth and whatever, but if the shoe had been on the other foot, I would not have been very kind uh, to Stats, uh, to say the very least. Um, so stats, um, I think Dallas Cowboys fans appreciate you for that. At the very least. I mean, look, I can be mean. Do you want me to be mean? I'm ready. I, I don't want you to be mean. I, um, I want you to be kind. So this conversation that we're about to have is, um, it's just kind of a general view. And I think rehashing where we were a year ago is important for that. Um, I, and what we talked about was what kind of like 30,000 foot perspective here on this, in this conversation on the mixtape, we'll get a little bit more into matchups and things we're more concerned about. And then obviously on the look ahead, we'll predict the game. Um, so 
we know the the like narrative from the Cowboys side. What is the narrative going into this from the San Francisco side? It, I mean, I think everybody hears the Brock Purdy story and, and just assumes that to be the case. And there are a sector of Cowboys fans who hate Nick Bosa because he's going to take the defensive player of the year. He earned it, to be very clear. Uh, but everybody wanted it to be Michael Parsons. I think the narrative for the Niners, it is Brock now. I mean, literally Dak, after beating the Buccaneers, was asked about the 49ers. And he said, well, we got to get off to a hot start. You look at their offense. Like, when is the last time an opposing quarterback talked about playing the 49ers and was worried about their offense? Like, that hasn't happened in San Francisco for a long, long time. We're talking at least a decade, maybe since Colin Kaepernick was there. And mm. But I think that's where they are now with the 49ers. This offense and Brock Purdy, I mean, they are scoring 34 points a game since he took over. It's really strange. And you and I on the look ahead, actually, in the week leading up to the Niners Raiders game, I said to you and, and Brandon, I was like, do you kind of want the letdown game to happen now? Right. Because, you know, it's what 11 wins in a row at this point. And, and you said you were like, yeah, you kind of do because nobody wins every game in a row, like all the way through the Super Bowl. Um, is, is there any kind of I, I find it so interesting. A year ago, I was super confident and, and every Cowboys fan. You'll recall, obviously, the way week 18 went last year, and that set up San Francisco visiting Dallas, and every Cowboys fan was pumped, right? Oh, bring on Jimmy Garoppolo, and then it just got punched in the mouth. And, like, because of that, and I don't know if you're aware of this, maybe from our conversations, every Cowboys fan is terrified. No, no, no Cowboys fan feels good. Every Cowboys fan feels like they are on their way to the Big Bad Wolf's house. Um, and and so it, it, do San Francisco fans feel like that? Like, does it feel like the little brother's coming to town? Because it, it really does feel like that on this end. Well, I want to push back because I'm seeing videos on social media of Cowboys fans chanting, bring on the Niners. We want the Niners. So I don't know if all Cowboys fans are feeling like you're feeling because some of them seem pretty confident. Well, so let's let's admit now before all of our um, conversations that not every fan speaks for an entire fan base and that you have a, a generally solid pulse of 49ers fans and I have a generally solid pulse of Cowboys fans. So my perspective is that Cowboys fans are pretty fearful. I offered to Cowboys fans and I made, I mean this with no disrespect. Look, if you, you have to assume you're going to play the 49ers and the Eagles, if you get to the Super Bowl, obviously, right? You have to go through them in all likelihood. This is the way to do it though. And again, not that the 49ers are an easier opponent, but I did not want to get the Eagles coming off their bye with Dallas coming off the short week of Monday night football. You got a team coming off a road game, literally the shortest amount of the rest possible visiting the team at home coming off of the bye, literally the longest amount of rest possible. So again, in that one small, tiny way, I, I prefer this. Um, and it was probable that Dallas was going to have to beat the 49ers anyway. Um, but so what is the pulse then? Do you think the, that most 49ers fans are nervous or fearful or whatever? I mean, like what, what how are they feeling? Because last week was kind of touch and go. And, and, and certainly going by your Twitter feed, the first half was a little bit flying close to the sun. But in a way, I think that sort of made Niners fans more confident this week. Because I think the feeling is like we didn't even play good. And we put up 41 points like our offense wasn't sharp in the first half and we put up 41 points. We only punted one time in the game. So I think a lot of 49er fans this week are thinking like, how many are we going to score if we're clicking, you know, if we're on? And so I think it, in a weird way, it has sort of led to like more confidence this week. I haven't read it yet. I saw you shared what Ted Wynn wrote at The Athletic about Brock Purdy and how last week wasn't his best performance, his best playoff debut, best possible playoff debut. Again, I, it's on the list. It's just been a busy week, obviously. And, and you know what happens when you play on Monday night. Your week gets kind of condensed. Um, but but it did seem that way at, at first watch. And I know that was what you tweeted, that you know it was kind of nice to have somebody confirm what you saw with your eyes. Uh, 
is there any worry? I mean, maybe the answer is like obviously yes, but like, what is your worry that that Brock that that, that we are going to hit midnight here and that the pumpkin is is going to kind of reveal itself after the beautiful carriage that has been the last eleven games? Turnovers are the worry because we have seen so far, for the most part, good Brock Purdy, where he has been able to, when the play isn't there, scramble around, protect the football, make good decisions. But I, if you Google Brock Purdy, Iowa State, you could see some highlights where. He he's doing things. Literally, there's one play where he drops back to pass. He's getting sacked. He just throws the ball in the air. And the announcer during the play says, Brock Purdy, what are you doing? Like he's got a little self-destruct in him. But the thing is, RJ, Kyle Shanahan is getting guys so wide open that we never have to see that side of Brock Purdy because it's I don't want to say it's easy because it's never easy in the NFL. But man, I think there are a lot of quarterbacks that you could put back there that would put up similar numbers with how Kyle Shanahan is drawing things up right now. And that's the thing. Like, again, all due respect, believe me, after last year, if you had told any Cowboys fan, myself included, like, hey, you're going to get to the division around the bugaboo that you've experienced forever and you're going to have to go through Brock Purdy to get there. Like, I would have signed up for that 100 out of 100 times, even with the like mighty army that is Kyle Shanahan and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Nick Bosa, like, kind of behind him. And so, um, if, if this is like a, a Micah Parsons game, like that, that could be it. Like, and, and the narrative is whatever, like I've, I've allowed myself to like, think like, oh, well, you know, Nick Bosa can have the defensive player of the year, but Micah Parsons can have the big moment in this playoff game. Like that's really where I think this game can not just be won, but swung significantly. If, if Micah Parsons wins, I do feel like that is maybe the X factor sort of thing for the Cowboys. Pressure is always the great equalizer. Last year, Kyle Shanahan, I felt like, did a pretty good job on Michael Parsons. He did not have right. sort of the game-wrecking effect that we have seen him have in recent years. But also, don't forget, too, Nick Bosa missed 90% of that game last year right. with a concussion. So he wasn't even in there. So it'll be interesting to see the the balance. Like, literally, you could have Micah just wrecking everything on that side of the ball and Bosa doing the same thing. It's It's sort of weird. These teams are very similarly constructed, I feel like. If you could guarantee right now that you got an A-plus game from any non-Nick Bosa or Brock Purdy player, who would you want it to be and why? That's a really good question. Um, I, I hear you ask some great questions all the time. Stats is actually, just so everyone knows, everyone should follow Stats on Twitter at Stats on Fire. He's the best interviewer I've ever heard on any radio or podcast or talk show or anything like that. Stats is, is amazing at that, so I've been inspired by you. That's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I might go with... Talanoa Hufanga, the safety for the 49ers. And the reason I say that is because early in the year, he was incredible, forcing turnovers, making game-changing plays the first four or five weeks of the season. I honestly believe that's why he's an all-pro this year, because he was amazing. The back half of the year, not so much. So uh, he had been very vulnerable, you know, kind of peeking in the backfield, getting sucked up. He wants to make a play so bad. So he always wants to be around the ball. But the problem is he's a safety. <laughs> Sometimes your best course of action is to be furthest away from the ball. And he has gotten burned multiple times in the second half of the year. So if you told me he plays an A-plus game, he potentially can be almost as disruptive as Bosa. So I'll take Talanoa Hufanga. It's interesting. Like I, I was sort of anticipating you would go Kittle or McCaffrey or Debo, but like I guess maybe like I don't know if this is your answer, but like B or B plus efforts from them are exemplary enough that like you don't have to have A plus. I don't need A plus from any one offensive player because there are so many. There were 
17 plays last week where all the skilled players were on the field at the same time. Debo, IU, Kittle, Juszczyk, McCaffrey. The 49ers gained more than 15 yards per play on those 17 plays. Holy so crap, that's so terrifying. <laughs> it's, it oh is terrible. It's positionless <laughs> football. Man, um, that I was like, like I said, I, I have this like stupid confidence, right? Like this just kind of like anything can happen <laughs> confidence. But like that, like really took some wind out of my sails. Like that, that is, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. How do you, how do, how do you not feel confident knowing that to be the case then? I'm, I, I hesitate to say this, but I'm as confident as I have ever been in my entire oh. fandom as a 49er fan, because again, None of this, it's not like Brock is making all these throws in tight windows. And it it literally is coming because of scheme. And like Kyle Shanahan, I don't have to worry about him pulling a hamstring, right? Or like going down. He's going to be there drawing up the design. Uh, NFL Live did an incredible segment on the 49ers offense on their 21 personnel. Two backs, one tight end. It is awesome. All the ways that the 49ers can, can just mess with you. Because they can line anybody up anywhere, essentially. And it's all the same personnel group. So the defense usually, you can predict how the defense is usually going to react in that situation. And if you're Kyle Shanahan and you can do that, that's when he can really hurt you. I don't totally remember, but I know going into last year, I was very confident. Um, and you were confident in like a in a similar sort of way, but you, I don't think you had as much, um, not that you have bravado, but you, did, you definitely were not as strong in the conviction as, as you are right now. Um, and that's got me like nervous, right? Like, cause I'm allowing myself to be like, well, the tables have turned now. Dallas is the under, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's just like sports. Um, I, I feel I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Like I didn't come this far to not right? Like, so that's part of it. And I'm fine admitting that it's, it's a biased and Homer opinion in that sense. But th- this is, I mean, I can't remember a time where it, it has felt like they are up against a monster. Maybe when, when they went to Minnesota in 2009 and they, they took on Brett Favre's Vikings, like that felt like, okay, they're, they're really going up against something that is mightier than they are. And they just, they got waxed. I don't know if you remember that, but um, th- I, don't, I can't envision them getting waxed, but man, I just, it's tough. This is a tough thing. And like, how do we feel? Like, does it feel like we said this last year, like Niners Cowboys was kind of renewed, but like it was this one-off sort of thing, but now it kind of feels like this is sort of renewed. Like you got one, you had one in Dallas, you have one in San Francisco. Like there truly is a new chapter happening. Last year, it was just among fans. This year, now, I think it's going right. to be fans and players. And that's when a rivalry really goes to the next level. When the players care as much as the fans care, that's a big thing. Like when Fred Warner, before they played the Seahawks, Fred Warner in the huddle in the pregame said, hey, we hate these mother effers. Mm. That's how 49er fans fail about Cowboys. I think now, especially if the Cowboys win, right? Because now the rivalry is even. The Niners right. eliminated Dallas. Now Dallas eliminates the Niners. Then that's when it ratchets up. That's why those Niners-Cowboys games in the 90s were so good because it was all that history there. Mm, I agree with this. And it's only a rivalry if it's even, by the way. It's not a rivalry if it's one-sided. There was something Dave Damashek used to talk about. He's a Steelers fan. I'm sure you know. Um, and he would say, like, this Steelers-Patriots thing is not a rivalry. <laughs> like it's, it's, a, it's a one-sided thing. You know what yep. I mean? Um, and so I agree. I'm curious what I see on social media. And again, not one account or one person represents an entire fan base. It does feel like Niners fans really hate Micah Parsons. And last year was a really contentious sort of thing. Like I do think there are players that some fan bases just kind of like don't like and, and like to pick on or like to go after. Is that representative of the fan base as a whole? Like, I know you love, you think Micah's amazing. Like, I don't think anybody thinks he sucks, but like, is there, <laughs> is there a collective, like, we just don't like this dude. 
Yes, because I think he's like the Bosa competition, right? right. Like mm. every Cowboy fan can say, Micah's just as good as Bosa or Micah's better than Bosa. So that leads to hate from 49er fans because we want everybody to say Bosa's the best, unquestioned, number one, you know, hands down. And so whenever you've got somebody that's sort of like your mirror opposite, your doppelganger on the other side, that's automatically going to lead to like Michael Irvin and Jerry Rice, right? Like it's the same kind of thing. Mm, man, that is tough. Although Michael Irvin, like I love Michael Irvin, obviously, but like there's no measuring that <laughs> like you know that's a very very it's a that's a poor job by you to like come up with something but um like like <laughs> across the division around like josh allen joe burrow like that's a kind of like thing that we, there's some really great harmony between Bang- bills and Bengals fans right now obviously uh but i do think that they like eventually will grow to really despise one another because of this particular kind of thing um what else am i missing like from a narrative standpoint because again we're going to talk about this a lot throughout the week today it's wednesday right before 11 a.m central as we're recording this and it's dropping at btb the podcast is dropping on Thursday. The video is dropping on Friday. You're dropping this conversation at Niners Nation on Saturday. So just so everyone is aware in case anything gets dated, what am I missing those stats? Um, I just, I want to know where are the Cowboys better than last year? Because all Niner fans are saying our defense is better. Our offense is mm. better. So from your perspective, where are the Cowboys better? So I've seen you say a lot, uh, like you, you'll quote tweet a lot of Niners fans that are like, oh, man, like, you know, we're going to have to play whatever. And you you always say they've got to play us, which I really like. I wish you hadn't taken that so that I, I could have used that at some <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> but um, and I think where like the Cowboys are different is they're they're fine being the like the non us. Right. Like every Cowboys season to date that has been somewhat successful um has, has sort of featured them as like a main character right like it's, it's been this kind of picturesque perfect like oh well of course they have to be Aaron Rodgers like that's the story like it's it's this classic kind of like like a Hallmark movie like it has you ever see like those TikToks that are like spoofs on Hallmark movies like it has all the like you know elements of what makes it funny and cheesy or whatever and this season has been like and we've talked about this a lot void and absent of all of that Dak Prescott goes down normally 2010 Romo goes down season's over 2015 Romo goes down season over 2020 Dak goes down season over so Okay, the quarterback went down. The season didn't end. What? What's happening here? Oh, uh, you're playing on short rest, you know, as much as anybody else in the NFL. I don't know if you know this. They played on short rest four times this year. I didn't know this until Wednesday morning. That is tied for the most in the NFL, and they are undefeated in those games. And so it's like, well, you know, we got to play this Monday game, and, and even if we win, we're going to be on short rest. And, like, we might have – okay, they, they're undefeated in those games. Like, you know – Oh man, we got to wear our, our Navy jerseys more often. Okay, cool. Like they really don't care. We got to wear a new helmet. We got to wear throwbacks. So the Giants are good too. We got to contend with them besides the Eagles. Like they, they are fine, like not being the main story. That is where they are different. Like it, like last year. And I thought it was, do you remember who called the game? What broadcast crew? The last the year? Yeah. I don't remember. It was on CBS. And I remember thinking it was oh. so weird. Like the, the, the moment that struck me very, because is, and you're used to this as a Niners fan, like when the, the game starts forever, it was like Buck and Troy and then Aaron Andrews on the sideline. And it, just, it just kind of fits. Right. And so it was very strange to see Nance and Romo. And then the moment it really hit me was when they went to Tracy Wolfson. It was like, what? <laughs> like this, this feels so awkward and, and out of place. And yeah, I, I don't think like that it. They, right. They, they, and I know that like all the old school, like Cowboys and Niners games or like CBS and, you know, Fern Lundquist and everything like that. But um I, I just they have grown so used to not being the main character or the main story or the the perfect story or whatever. And that is something I have not seen from the Cowboys since they won Super Bowl 30. Uh, they, they they have. And I 
you know, we've talked a lot about how they've been in the they're in the playoffs for the second year in a row, and they've you know done these things that they haven't done since forever. And somebody said this, and I forget who it was, a BTB or somewhere, that every playoff appearance was so precious in the past because it, it had not happened so consistently. And so I'm not saying that if 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 the Niners lose, you're going to be happy, but it's like, man, this team has been there a lot. Like like you kind of trust, like okay, you know. It sucks that we didn't win the NFC Championship game last year, but like they'll be back to some degree. Like they'll find a way. Like they always do, and they're kind of becoming that team. So they're kind of earning our trust. That's where they're they're most different. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I get that because I've been telling 49er fans like, don't get numb to what's happening right now. This is such a unprecedented, weird situation. I mean, if the 49ers win one more game, they will be in their third NFC Championship game in four years. Like that's that's crazy. That does not happen. I know you know this as a Dallas, somebody that is a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. It's hard to get to the NFC Championship game. And I'm not saying that to throw shade. But what I'm saying is, like, just take a step back for a minute and realize these runs are the thing that you look back on years later and wish you could go back to. See, and, like, that's where I feel differently about the Cowboys. They have felt like they have felt it has felt like so much pressure for them to catch the lightning in a bottle as opposed to just sitting back and admiring the like lightning storm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of what you're offering is like, dude, this is really pretty in a chaotic way, but the Cowboys are like <laughs> running around with a jar. You know what I mean? Like trying to like bottle it up. And it's like, dude, no, I mean, and, and again, like some of these things are sad and pathetic, but I tweeted this on Wednesday morning um, in the 20 years after winning Super Bowl 30 and before drafting back Prescott, they made the division around four times. They obviously haven't made it past then. But they've made it three times since drafting Dak. And it's like, okay, look, they, they might lose on Sunday. They probably will. Like, odds makers believe the Cowboys will lose on Sunday afternoon. But, like, it is very clear and obvious that they are turning a bit of a corner. Um, and, and you should take some solace and have some confidence in that, even if it doesn't go the way you want on Sunday afternoon. Um, I have one narrative question as we wrap up. And, again, we'll talk more about this. Um, you have famously, famously referred to Mike McCarthy as a certain vegetable. Do you want to tell everybody what it is? A potato. A potato. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's like a movie line. Um, by the way, uh, I didn't tell you this. Uh, you know, I've been watching Seinfeld all the way through for the first time. I got to the backwards episode. That was so cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, so that was a really cool experience for me. I think I, I really think that Festivus is my next episode. So I'm really excited to kind of finally understand uh, <laughs> what everybody's talking about. But anyway, um, were you impressed with Mike McCarthy? Like, are you willing to give him some flowers, a flower, a single, you know, le- you know, petal of a flower after what we saw? Do you have any level of fear is a silly word, but like any measured, you know, kind of fear against him and, and what he's clearly done with the Cowboys, how he's made them the different way that I've described them to be to you many times? I tweeted out during the game. I loved that he was aggressive on fourth down. And I thought that that was a big thing in that game. McCarthy was aggressive and Todd Bowles punted. And I felt like, honest to God, like after that punt, it was it was such like a surrender, give up play. I was like, yeah. I think Dallas has got him. Like he just, I'll say this about McCarthy. I think he recognizes the urgency of the moment. Like Todd Bowles coached that game like it was week three. Like what, what are you doing, man? And McCarthy seemingly doesn't. And so I'll give him that credit. But am I worried about like what kind of game plan the Cowboys are going to have on Sunday? I am not. I will say that's maybe the strongest thing that connects McCarthy and Dak, I think, is that they both understand the weight that the team and that they individually as a duo, obviously, are under. Right. Like you you can talk about other things and not to be like Cowboys homery, but like it's different being the quarterback of the Cowboys or the head coach of the Cowboys, whatever. And so I thought it was so telling 
Um, I don't know if you caught this on the broadcast after one of the Maher missed extra points that Dak Prescott slammed his helmet down and said, go for effing two. That, <laughs> yep. that never happens like that. That I can tell you that never, ever happens. Uh, as, a, as an aside, there was a, a one time a long time ago where a, a Cowboys receiver, Ryan Switzer, got married and posted on his Snapchat story. Uh, him and some teammates, including Dak, were on the dance floor. And there was a song on and Ryan Switzer threw his middle finger up just like in, in the middle of the song. I don't remember what the, the lyric was. And Dak, like king of like presence of the moment, put his hand out and covered up the middle finger. Right. Like I can't get caught on camera, you know, with a middle finger sort of thing. So, like, again, it was very strange to see Dak show that kind of negative emotion because you can construe it as, as negative towards Brett Maher in that moment. And I like to me, that was like th- like this means a lot. <laughs> like he, he recognizes that that this impacts his legacy, and McCarthy does to that point too. Um, I do think the Maher thing might, in a weird way, force some aggression from them, which is, is a good thing. Um, but they can't rely on him as well. I mean, they're they're sticking by him, but I do wonder if it's fourth and four, you know, as opposed to a fifty-seven yard field goal, if if their mindset's a little bit different than it was, say, on Monday morning. Well, he's. If correct me if I'm wrong, but he's actually been better on long. He's had a wonderful goals. season. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, yeah, he's like king of downtown. <laughs> that's, his, that's his like thing. But people wondered, was it the grass in Tampa that had to do with things? It's obviously grass in San Francisco. Um, and you definitely recall, I imagine San Francisco is kind of a weird place for Cowboys kicking woes. Um, Dan Bailey woke up with a bad back and Jeff Heath had to be the Cowboys kicker um, once upon a time. So. Good times. Um, okay. Stats is on Twitter. at stats on fire. This is one of three conversations that we'll have this week about Cowboys Niners. So my last question to you for this conversation stats is what is your favorite trilogy of all time and why? Mass effect. It's a video game. Oh, I meant the movie, but I mean, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's a really good answer as far as like, you know, thinking outside the box. Yes. So if I had to go movie, I don't know. Favorite trilogy. I still like the original Star Wars movies, man. Call me old fashioned, but I I dig it. I can't wait for my son to get into that. Um, this is my last one. On the Mass Effect note, are you watching The Last of Us? Are you one of those people? I'm gonna start. Okay. All right. I'm, I haven't played it, but I'm kind of interested if I should watch first or play first. Like, I'm, you know, kind of going back and forth. But um, on Twitter, it's Stats on Fire. Stats, give us the last words, and then we leave. Go Niners. Yeah.